This morning we are going to focus on that uh, last piece of specific armor uh, that Paul talks about here in this powerful section on the armor of God and how we uh, look at life and see uh, the life that we live as Christians as a battlefield in which we are called to engage. And so he gives us uh, this uh, reason for that and the specifics of it as we uh, figure out what's going to be necessary for God's people individually and for the church uh, gathered corporately as we seek to carry out the will of God in our lives. So we're going to read one more time uh, this section on the armor of God from Ephesians 6 uh, at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. And this is, again, today, the Word of God for us that we will focus on uh, in this piece of armor called uh, the Sword of the Spirit. Um, have you ever considered what makes a good sword? Uh, I, I've spent uh, some time watching uh, a show called Forged in Fire, uh, where people make swords and knives. Uh, and they are, they are at different levels of ability to be able to do that. Some have, that have been only been doing it for a couple of years. Others that have been making knives and swords and that kind of thing for 30 years. Uh, a, a registered blacksmith. And, and uh, they are in a competition to try to create a sword or, or a knife. Uh, and the judges will judge whether or not it's good. Uh, they want to know if it is uh, sharp, if it has enough strength, and if it will accomplish what it's supposed to do. Uh, one, of, one of, truth be told, one of my favorite parts of that is in the final segment of the competition where usually it is a sword of, of type uh, and sometimes a long sword. Uh, and those swords were meant to deal a lethal blow. And so they will wield those swords against an object, uh, sometimes uh, uh, the carcass of a, a pig or a goat or something, to see how effective that sword will be on something uh, that will put it to the test in many ways. Uh, but it needs, to be, it needs to be sharp, it needs to be strong, and it needs to be effective. And they will be judged on whether or not those three things are met. Uh, some fail those tests miserably. 
the first strike with their knife or sword breaks it. Uh, They try to slash through something and it doesn't even penetrate it. Uh, it's meant to it's meant to go up against something and it and it dulls and it chips and it's it's lost part of its ability. I think I think God in His wisdom, as He spoke to Paul, gave him this idea of of the sword of the Spirit, because of what we understand about a sword. Uh, of all the different pieces of of weaponry that could be used, um, God chose to speak through Paul to say a sword. You could, you could use the, the spiky ball on the end of a chain uh, as what it could be said to take up. Uh, those are uh, deadly as well. But, but the, the sword here, as we're going to see, is not just about uh, inflicting pain and death. It has a, a very specific purpose. And so we're going to look at that. Uh, this is, uh, again, a spiritual piece of armor. Uh, the disciples even wrestled with that. Um, should we go out and get uh, more swords? Is two swords enough? Uh, what if I use my sword now and, and slash at somebody? Is that going to help? This would be a spiritual sword that uh, we need to remember. Uh, not only is it a spiritual sword, it is the sword of the Spirit. It is the Spirit's sword. Uh, and, and just so we're not left wondering what that is, uh, it is the Word of God, it says. Uh, that which has specifically been uttered and spoken and written down, it is, it is that which will stand firm forever. In this sense of uh, spiritual, uh, sense of the sword, uh, Peter talks about it too. <laughs> Peter, Peter talks about the sword, the, you know, Peter, Peter tried the other sword in the spiritual battle. Uh, didn't didn't uh, really uh, prove to be very effective. Uh, Jesus actually undid uh, the work of that sword. Uh, but Peter says, No prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God uh, as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Word of God is inspired uh, by uh, the Spirit Himself. It is the Spirit's sword. Uh, the role, the role then of the Spirit in that sense is to help us with the Word of God. Uh, Jesus talks about that as He's about to leave this earth, uh, go on to be with His Father where He will rule and reign until His Father says it's time to come back to finalize things. As He's leaving, He says, I'm going to send you uh, somebody else to come alongside you, to be with you, to be in you. Uh, and here's what He says. Um, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The very Spirit who inspired the Word of God uh, will be the one that will help us remember the Word of God. And so we have, we have this powerful, uh, Spirit-filled weapon in our hands uh, Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews says, the Word of God is, is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Um, I, I don't know uh, specifically if, if the producers of the show Forged and Fire 
We're Christians or not, but did you notice what uh, the living uh, sword is supposed to be? Uh, uh, living and active. Uh, it has, in, in that sense, it is, it is uh, alive and powerful. That's what that active part of it means. It is a powerful. So it isn't, it isn't going to break when you use it. Uh, it is sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh, it, it has power. It is sharp. And it is effective for what it's meant to do, uh, piercing and dividing and all these things. Um, that's, that's what the Word of God is meant to do, what it's meant to be. That's, that's the sword in our hands. Uh, this, this idea of, of alive and powerful, a powerful Word of God. You remember the first way that we are introduced to God? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering there. And God said, God spoke. He said, let there be light. And the power of the Word of God commanded light out of nowhere, and it came into existence. Everything that is around us in our not just our, our world, but our universe as well, was called into existence by the Word of God. That's the powerfulness of God's Word. Uh, and and that, that idea of, of God calling everything into existence is meant to be something that we are absolutely certain of. Uh, Psalm 33, at verse 6, By the Word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. A uh, long time after God uttered the words, let there be light, uh, let, there, let there be waters, let there be plants and vegetation and animals and, and mankind and, and, and everything, all the starry hosts. Long after that, the, the psalmist says, that's how it was done. It reminds us of the power of the Word of God. Uh, Hebrews, uh, the writer of Hebrews says the same thing in a different way. Um, by faith, uh, and I love, uh, maybe you've noticed this too, I love how, how the pieces of armor are kind of um, intertwined in ways. Uh, how they overlap in what they, uh, what they do and how they are used. Uh, by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Now that's a powerful word. I have, I have uh, used my own words at times and never even having come close to something as powerful as the Word of God. I've, I've used the illustration before. If I'm standing outside in, in 10 degree weather and I start to speak, the, best, the most power that I have is that you'll see uh, vapor coming to my, through my mouth. That's, that's the most I can create, really, um, with, with my mouth. Now, I have, I have more abilities with that, too, and that's where we need to be uh, careful with how we use our words. Uh, but the Word of God is this powerful force by which everything was brought into existence. Psalm uh, 39, uh, 30, uh, 33, verse 9 uh, going back to that same chapter, uh, just a few verses later, uh, reiterates uh, how strong that word is. For he spoke 
and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. What he has said has not gone away. It has not been undone by anybody else or anything else. Uh, on, 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 maybe on the flip side of that, um, Isaiah 7, verse 7 says, Thus says the Lord of God, It shall not stand, and it shall not come to pass. So he's talking about uh, circumstances in the lives of the people of Israel, and this is not going to happen. It will not stand. It will not last. And it will not because God said it won't. There are lots of times where God says that things are not going to be. Even nations will no longer exist. And they don't. They still don't today. Because He said it. And that's the, that's the, the powerful uh, Word of God. That, that idea that um, Isaiah says, thus says the Lord God, that, that powerful proclamation of, of, of God, uh, you will find that uh, at least 430 times in Scripture. That powerful command of God, thus says the Lord. Um, when He speaks, uh, it has great power. And so what we, what we come and we, we read uh, here on a Sunday and what we read throughout the week in our own devotions and as we journey through the living Word of God again is a powerful Word because it is based on what He has said. It's also powerful because it um, is, is used both in defense and attack. Uh, you can take that shield of faith, which is that defensive armor, uh, but you will have very little effect in, in using it offensively. But the sword is different. The sword is this um, thing that will defend you and it will be used uh, in the offensive way. Uh, and you really could think of that both ways. It is in offense as opposed to defense. But the Word of God is also offensive to those that would have nothing to do with it, those that uh, don't care for this God. It is an offensive word to them. Uh, not because we use it in an offensive way necessarily, but because of the, the condition of people's hearts when they receive, when they hear the Word of God. Uh, it is offensive to them. The fool continues to say in his heart, there is no God. So every time the Word of God is spoken, they are hostile and resistant to it. It can be that which is used uh, to withstand the attacks of the enemy. And Jesus used the Word of God in every instance that the devil came to him in the desert in his 40 days of, of doing without uh, and encountering the attack of the enemy. Every time he heard that, attack, he used the Word of God uh, to, to counteract the attack of the devil. The devil. Uh, trivia question here. Does anybody remember where Jesus quoted from in his time of temptation? All three times. Uh, all three times from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, so in this, in this time of going through the Word of God, and you get to these uh, older books of the Bible that seem to just kind of drag on and you wonder what they're all there for and how come it keeps repeating itself and why is it important to us today? It was very important in Jesus' life. 
Um, he would quote the Old Testament. It is, it is the Bible that he had. Uh, and so we have, we have this offensive weapon as it's uh, given to us. It, it is a very powerful uh, sword. It is also a very sharp sword, uh, sharper than a two-edged sword, as, as the writer of Hebrews says. Um, there are, there are uh, two, two sides of this sword. Um, both are very sharp. Uh, on the one hand, it is that which cuts off. It is that which um, separates. It is, in that sense, a, a, a way of judgment. Uh, Revelation talks about that from his mouth. Uh, if you remember, Jesus is pictured as one who stands uh, uh, speaking to the churches, and from his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword. And we read that uh, part of that idea of a sharp two-edged sword is that, that idea of judgment. It's spoken of in the Old Testament this way, and it's spoken of here in Revelation uh, 19.15. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God, God Almighty. Um, he is going to use the sword, the, the word of God, to judge the nations. It has been given as to what is the, the eternal truth in our world, and by that uh, eternal truth, the, the, the revealed word of God, nations will be judged, peoples will be judged. That sword will be a sword of judgment that comes against the people. Uh, it's also this sword of, of conviction and conversion and liberation as well. Uh, Peter, at his uh, great sermon at Pentecost, um, as he's declaring the word of God there to the people, uh, here Peter is using um, the right sword the right way. Uh, he's using this spiritual sword, uh, and he's preaching to them, and he's speaking the word of God to them. And the response, uh, when they heard this, they were, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? Uh, this word of God was was this word of conviction. When they heard everything that had been done and, and the very word of God proclaimed, and this Jesus whom you crucified, and when they heard that, and as the, the very spirit who inspired the words was stirring in their hearts, it cut them to the heart. That was the, that was the effect of the, the sword of the word, the sword of the spirit, as it came into people's lives. That, that one side, that one sharp side, uh, had its full effect on those people. And they heard the word of God and it penetrated and it convicted them. Uh, it's, it's that wonderful, powerful effect of the word of God as, as it does what it's sent out to do. Uh, it, is, it is that liberating uh, function of the word too where um, we read again in, in John's Gospel, uh, you will know the truth. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. See, people today are trying to find all kinds of different ways to be set free. Uh, uh, people have been doing that throughout all the ages, looking for a way to be free. Some people wanted to be free from the control of God, so they went their own way. And that's, that's typically uh, the way the world tries to find freedom is, is outside of the Word of God. But you know they never find it. They never do. You, you won't find freedom outside of the Word of God. It doesn't exist. 
the Bible tells us, the Word of God tells us that you will be a slave to something. Whatever you follow, whatever you, whatever you uh, pattern yourself after, that you will be a slave to. If it's, if it's financial freedom, <laughs> you won't be free. Uh, if it, as, as has been in the past and kill, still continues to be very much so in our day, if you're seeking some sort of sexual freedom, it will not set you free. You will be a slave to that. And people keep trying to be set free from, from the things of God, no, not realizing that, that when they put themselves in alignment with the Word of God, it actually does set them free. And when times of financial struggle, struggle come, there's still this wonderful peace and freedom knowing that God will continue to provide for us. And when our time is done, and if, if we end up in a place where we uh, wither away without food, as maybe, uh, many have done uh, in places of uh, persecution where food is withheld, and they continue to hold fast to the very living Word of God, the, the, the food that comes from His Word, that food will not fail them. And it sets us free. You will not find, brothers and sisters, you will not find freedom outside of the will of God. Um, that, re, that Word of God uh, is what sets us free. And that's, that's what Jesus would reiterate. Not only is it powerful, not only is it sharp, it is also very effective. Uh, Hebrews again. It, it, was, it was interesting. When, when you, you read this, it says, um, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's what it says. So, I should just be able to read that and say, there. That's what it says. I wanted to give you a little more information about that. That's, that's, why, that's why God has given apostles and prophets and preachers uh, to help us understand when it says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What does that mean? How does, how does that work itself out in our, our daily Christian lives? And so I'm, I'm here to tell you that this Word of God is very effective um, it is piercing, dividing, and discerning, as it says in Hebrews. Uh, that is, that is uh, part of the role of the Word of God. And you can, you can read all throughout uh, Scripture the ways in which it is effective. Um, Joshua. Uh, so going back, going back to this time of transition to power from uh, Moses leading the people of Israel to now Joshua, bringing the people into the Promised Land. Um, jo, uh, Joshua is, is speaking to the people. Now Joshua 23, 14, And now I am about to go the way of all the earth. Uh, I'm, I'm going to finish my race. I'm also going to die. And you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, and this, uh, this I would say to all of you who are uh, true believers here this morning, um, you know in your hearts and souls, all of you, that not one word has failed of all the good things that the Lord your God promised concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of them has failed. That's how effective it is. If God says it, it is going to happen. If He promises it, He is going to follow through. Uh, when you understand uh, this building list of things in which we can understand the Word of God, that it is powerful, that it is sharp, that it's effective, um, it continues to grow in us this confidence that we have to trust the Word of God and to put the Word of God into action. You remember uh, Simeon waiting for uh, the coming of Christ. 
at the at the birth of Christ, um, he's he's in the temple there, uh, and he finally is uh, released. He's he was promised that he wouldn't die until he saw um, uh, the Lord's Messiah to to see to see salvation coming to him. Um, and uh, you have this uh, s- scenario here, this this circumstance with Mary and Joseph, and their and his father and his mother marveled at was what was said about him. Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this is Luke 2, 33, Behold, this is child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel. It's a two-edged sword. It is the fall and the rising. It, it will cut off and it will, it will pierce and penetrate for, for building up as well. And for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. It is, it is an effective word in that it, um, it, isn't what, it isn't just what you read, it's what reads you. And the Word of God knows where to uh, cut into your life and, and get into uh, the very intention of your lives, dividing that um, which you say you're going to do and that which you follow through with. Your thoughts and intentions. The Word of God has that ability to search us out. You have searched me and you know me. Uh, the Word of God does that. It, it gets into us and it, and it uh, works within us. And it's meant to, uh, even as it cuts, it's, it's meant to help us. The, the pruning away with that sharp sword there, um, takes away that which is a hindrance to us and allows more fruit to grow. It is very effective that way. Uh, It's so effective. uh, It's able to bring back the dead. Um, Listen listen to an instance here uh, from the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, Ezekiel, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among, among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. The, the valley is just covered with dry bones. They were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Now Ezekiel must be standing there thinking, there's no way. They are just bones, and they are dry bones. There's nothing of life in them or on them any longer. He must have been thinking in his natural self, there's no way. But what does he say? And I answered, O Lord, you know. You know whether or not these bones can live again. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus, says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and I will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Can the Word of God bring people back to life? Absolutely! The people of Israel were that valley of dry bones. There was nothing lifelike in them anymore. And God brings Ezekiel to that place and says, do you think it's possible that this dry bone people 
could actually come to life anymore? Well, you know, God, you know. Jesus comes to that place that I referenced earlier. Jesus comes to that place where he comes to the tomb of his friend. And he's weeping over the fact that sin has taken his friend as well. Uh, If you don't think the effects of sin in this world touch the heart of Jesus, remember the story of Lazarus as a dear friend of his finally succumbed to uh, the effects of sin in this world and how death touches everybody. And, and as, he's, as he's there at the grave, um, as, he's, as he's giving um, a little speech uh, to the people that are there, especially the family, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And he did. Um, this man who had been dead four days came to life. Because Jesus spoke and said so. The very living Word of God spoke those words and He came out. And I've, I've said this here before and it's been joked about before. If He wouldn't have used Lazarus' day, Lazarus' name and He just would have said, come out of the tomb, they would have all opened up. Because if Jesus says, come out of the tomb, you're going to come out. But in order to show His power uh, over death, Uh, He called forth Lazarus and he came out of the tomb because he had commanded it. Uh, The effectiveness is also shown in what Timothy says. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. You know these words. All Scripture is breathed out by God. This is the idea of the Spirit of God. Breathed out by God and it is profitable. It's effective for teaching and reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. Why? So that you and I Uh, Children of the living God will be complete, mature, uh, equipped for every good work. The Word of God is there to shape us and mold us and train us to to build us up and to um, correct that which has gone astray so that we are more effective in ministry. I don't know if, uh, uh, if any of you have ever actually wielded a sword or at least... Um, a dagger. Uh, the dagger is what's being talked about here in the sword of the spirit. We, we like to think of this, you know, pull it from the rock, kind of wield this sword around. But it, this is this is probably just an, an 18-inch dagger. This was meant for a close encounter use. How many of you have ever wielded either the long sword or the dagger? Yeah, a few of you. Um, there's something both intimidating and empowering. Uh, about holding such a powerful weapon uh, in your hands. Um, what Paul is talking about is uh, far um, more powerful. I-, I want you all to grab a Bible. There should be one in your, in your row there. I want you to grab a Bible. What will you do with it? Open it. Uh, we, we are meant to take this thing up. We are, we are meant to use this. 
this is the sword by which Paul says uh, we are to armor up with. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We are meant to take this and use this and wield this. But you know what happens too often is that we take this uh, and instead of something that's meant to build somebody up, we cut somebody down with it. We have used the Word of God in a way that it was not meant to be used. We, we, we quote things from here uh, way out of context and it brings harm to people's lives. And it, and it actually gives more energy and credibility uh, and effectiveness to the enemy's side when we misuse it. It is that Word of God that is meant to be taken with us and used. The, the, the interesting thing about a natural sword is the longer you use it, what happens? It gets dull. You continue to cut with it. You continue to do all kinds of things with it. Uh, it will need to be uh, sharpened again because it is going to be less and less effective the longer you use it. What happens when you use this word correctly? It gets sharper. The more you and I learn how to use this, the sharper it gets. The more effective it is. The more powerful it is. And the better we will be in our battle against the enemy. That's the uh, unusual part about this sword. It isn't meant to just stay someplace and uh, not get used. What good is a sword that never gets picked up? And, and what good is a sword that gets misused? If it's meant to pierce and all you're doing is banging somebody over the head with it, that's not effective. The sword of the Spirit is meant to be used in ways that even, even in that sense where uh, iron sharpens iron, uh, we use it with each other in a way that will make us more effective. We, 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 we can use it to help correct one another. And so, in that sense of, of using the Word of God effectively in that moment, um, and you see something that's uh, not quite right uh, in your brother or sister's lives, you don't pick up that sword and go, oh, that's wrong! Uh, that's where you're going to want to be very careful with it and very specific with it, and make a, a small, clear cut with it. Um, wounds from a friend are better than kisses from your enemy. Uh, where that Word of God cuts you a little bit and you're reminded that I have gone astray, that's a, that's a helpful wound. So brothers and sisters, we have... Um, been given the armor of God here. We have uh, today been challenged to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and to use it correctly. Uh, spend more time in it to figure out how to use it well. And when it seems ineffective in your life, uh, come and speak to somebody that has been wielding it for a while and, and doing it well. Listen to those who are under the control of the Spirit. Uh, the the one that inspired the Word of God, talk to those that have been matured by it already so we can figure out how to use the Word of God more effectively. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank You for uh, today's piece of armor. Uh, one that 
allows us not to just stand in defense, uh, but to advance against the enemy in the use of this armor. And this, this wonderful sword uh, that will help us continue to prevail over the enemy. So Father, help us to understand Your Word. Uh, may we approach Your Word with awe and wonder and humility. And may we take it up. May it not just uh, sit someplace and collect dust, uh, but may it always be in our hands, this, this polished sword that we use and using effectively and correctly so that we would correctly handle the Word of Truth as Your Word says. So may that be true of us, Father. May we be the kind of people that are children who have been trained to use a sword well for the effective, effectiveness of the ministry that You've given us uh, with one another and for those lost around us uh, that we may proclaim the Word of, of uh, Truth the sword of the Spirit, may we do that effectively and faithfully. So equip us, Father, by the empowering Spirit that not only inspired the words to be written down and preserved, but also stirs within our hearts so that we may use this word effectively as well. We pray it in Jesus' most holy name. Amen.